0: to the freewheeling podcast the original freewheeling podcast <laughs> there's apparently another no. podcast, freewheeling podcast about wheeling <laughs> cycling what? they've only got five they've only got five episodes so they're like brand spanking new but they have i'll already, fight them
1: so welcome to the original
0: <laughs> established in 2019 i mean it's fine like maybe they didn't know we exist we're not a huge podcast here we are it's just so like if you know it's women's cycle, weird that they... you should know
2: this podcast.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wait! What's Watch it on? I'll take that as a personal compliment. It's it. That's the thing. Is like it's not. I don't know. Jose sent me a screenshot of it. She really <laughs> knows everything, doesn't she? Anyway. Welcome to the original freewheeling podcast. My name is Abby Mickey. We're gonna chat about stages four, five, six, and seven of the Giro. Donna today, I am joined by Lauren Rowney. Good morning, everyone. I wasn't looking at the,
1: the screen. I was looking at the other freewheeling podcast.
0: <laughs> Tilda Price, back from the, the men's tour de France.
2: Hello, yes, I am back. And I'm actually glad to be back and thinking about women's cycling because I don't really understand men's cycling anymore. <laughs>
0: To I be play. fair, I don't either. Like yesterday was bonkers. Yeah. Yesterday was the yeah. I, like I understand, I understand why Wout was going in the break, but I also, I also don't <laughs> understand.
2: No, me neither.
0: It's fine. I mean, he's like super exciting to watch. So his shoes are top notch. Caitlin Fielder, great job. <laughs> with the shoes. And Amy Lauren Jones.
3: I'm also down the other freewheeling podcast rabbit hole. Anyway,
0: <laughs> what do you think?
3: I think they can get lost
0: are they gonna take our jobs no. i think isn't it hosted by men as well yeah it is.
1: it is it Not
2: is enough. we're starting podcast beef here well of course
1: then they don't <laughs> know about this podcast
0: <laughs> mm, yeah
2: man am i right this is our official send for the free quitting podcast <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know I'm taking I'm just gonna go about it in like a they probably didn't know we exist it's just coincidence that they also came up with the name freewheeling for a women's cycling podcast
4: hmm.
0: I don't yeah I don't know I don't want to assume that they were like yeah we're just gonna steal their what thing. is horizon sports anyway I'm not sure
3: doesn't I mean whatever crack on lads you're not going to be as good as us <laughs> so I you, say.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about the Gerardonna. I we can start where we left off, which is the rest slash travel day, because we have an audio diary from Leia Thomas. So let's hear that really quick and then we'll dive into stage four.
4: Hey
5: everyone, um this is Leia Thomas from Trek Segafredo. Um we have a rest day today. Uh normally I think that'd be great, but um our hotel is uh quite an adventure um they only have smoking rooms and when you turn on the shower brown rust water comes out so um we have a little bit of a downgrade from the beautiful hotels we stayed in um the other days of the week but uh you know it is what it is uh we're here two days um So that'll be an experience. We can leave it at at that. Um, The air conditioning does work, though, so that's a huge bonus, I have to say. Um, So we're at our rest day. We had a really easy morning. Um, I slept in till 9.30, which I'll take as a bonus. I'm not the best sleeper inner, so um, it's great to have roommates who who sleep, and I can kind of follow their schedule a little bit more. and then had a swim picking for breakfast. Um, The mechanics and our chef and everybody um, just arrived from the ferry and are getting everything set up. Um, We'll have a light lunch in about half an hour and then we'll head out to ride um, this afternoon to try to keep our legs open. Um, For I think all of us, this is the first time have a rest day in the middle of a 10-day stage race um you know like with the tour the men have the rest day and they kind of like have figured out what works for them and what doesn't work for them to keep their legs open but for all of us this is a brand new experience um tomorrow's stage is is pretty hilly so um i think we really want to make sure our legs are ready to work um tomorrow so that's the main objective for today. Um, after we ride, we'll come back, have a massage, um, see the osteo, um, and just kind of relax. Um, so yeah, the Duro Sapphire so has been really great. It's really great to have Aliza in, yellow, or in pink. And um, it's been fun working with the team these last couple of stages. Um, on a personal note for me, um, I'm struggling with my neck and um and pain that associates with it so um it's been a little bit of a frustrating couple days uh but even despite all that i know i can still be a helpful teammate and um, contribute and so that will be my goal in the upcoming days um and Hopefully things get better after today with the rest day. So fingers crossed, I'm going to keep chugging along here and doing my best. And that's really all I can do. Um, but it's great to be here. Spirits are high and that always makes things a lot easier.
1: We were so, so Days wrong, four. weren't we? <laughs> Just,
0: yeah, this was a... You guys were, I mean, two, two of, of us were I. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, but this I feel like this is a classic case of like you look at the Giro profile and you're like, oh, yeah, that's one thing. And then the actual race happens and it's like, oh, no, that profile was like muted. It was a muted profile because it didn't look like it was going to be a GC day. I mean, to be fair to Lauren and I, even riders in the peloton did not expect a GC mm-hmm. day on stage. Yeah, I mean, it would have been. The thing is, is that I don't think anyone
3: expected like three of the top GC contenders to get, like, five minutes on everyone else, for sure. Mm. Like, with that climb, like, something was probably going to happen. But that, I don't think anyone predicted.
0: I think that the... reason that I didn't think that it was going to be a GC day as significant as it was, was because the climb was still 30 K from the finish. So I assumed that yes, maybe on meek will ride away on the climb, but there was enough ground to cover before the finish for them to, for someone to bring her back. But because the descent was technical, because there were actually more climbs than I think I thought before uh, the finish there was just not enough one not enough firepower for people to bring her back from that that group was pretty big chasing them but it but they couldn't really organize on the course that there was like there wasn't enough straight flat road for them to organize a, a good chase but i mean it was a heck of a good day of bike racing for sure <laughs>
6: Hey, Neve here, Um, having just finished stage four of the Girodonna. I'm just on the bus, we've got a long transfer today, so if you have banging and crashing, that's what it is. Um, In terms of today, uh, yeah, I can say today was super hard. Also, circumstances, it was super hot. I just checked my gun and and I think 38 degrees average and 44 degree max, I can tell you we felt it today. I think everyone felt it and yeah, it was a a day of suffering because also we're the first time in the hills this tour and uh, yeah, there were some hard climbs, I can tell you. about 70 k's into the race we had four k's at eight percent and yeah i mean mommy star just really drove it into this climb and annamique made a killer attack um taking two riders with her away and yeah honestly i uh, i really i really tried to follow this but yeah I, that was that was a, a level above what i am now sadly and uh, yeah also i think we're Considering, yeah, the heat and everything, uh, yeah, everyone was suffering in their own way, and yeah, it was a it was a tough race. It was a tough day. Um, we had a chase, small chase group behind, but unfortunately, uh, there were quite a few teams in there that were already represented in the in the breakaway. So, yeah, there was not much of a chase. About only three of us were really really pulling through, and yeah, I mean that that group of three pulled a lot of time today. Um, but yeah it, it is what it is and we're only four days into the d'Italia, and I'm sure we've got plenty of hard hard days to come um, hopefully tomorrow will be a little chance maybe to spin the legs hopefully recover a little bit um, it's a flat stage uh, but yeah we'll see how it goes and I'll be wearing the white jersey tomorrow, um, which is cool and it's exciting and uh, yeah, we'll see what we can do with that, check in with you again tomorrow.
7: Hey, so yeah, today was very, very hot. Um, my garment just told me that I averaged for three hours 45, it was 39 degrees with a max of 47 it said, um, and I got quite a few new heart rate PBs. Um, but, yeah, I struggled a little bit out there today of just just from the heat, really. It was a really hard day, and like I think looking at the time gaps as well, um, yeah, I think a lot of people did. <laughs> so, yeah, that definitely played a big part in today's stage. Um, but, yeah, other than that, it was a good day. it was a, it's a nice area of the city that we were racing in, so I enjoyed that. But, yeah, my main focus of the whole day was just to find those feed zones and make sure I got a bottle in every single one, or at least, yeah sometimes two or three. Um, I think I did one climb that was 5k and I think I went through six bottles that day that
4: climb. So yeah, just keep uh, them up on the fluids. Um.
7: But yeah, we've just we've gone a bit further north. We've just had a big thunderstorm roll in so it's cooled off a lot, which is, is quite nice and hopefully that will go into tomorrow as well. Um, but yeah tomorrow's a flat stage so shouldn't be so important. It'll be a, quite a lot easier to, to stay cool. Um, when we're there but yeah just um, about to sit down for dinner we've been spoiled again it looks like we've got a taco monday going on today which is pretty nice and yeah just uh fueling up for tomorrow's stage five hi
5: hey everyone this is leah thomas from track sagafredo um it was a late it's a late night sorry this is um a little delayed um I don't have much to say on today's stage other than it was so freaking hot and it was really hard. Um, the first 60 K had a little bit of climbing in it, but really the climbing came in the last 50 K of the race. It was a stage that no climb was longer than 5k. Um, but then after that initial climb, it was constantly up and down all day. Um, a stage that's really great if you have good legs and really horrible, if you don't, um, Elisa rode as hard as she could, um, but the heat really did play a major factor in the outcome of today's race. So, um, you know, you can always hope for more, but in the end, all you can give is your best on the day. Um, and we'll move forward to
4: tomorrow.
0: Anamie, Anamie van Vleuten won the stage. For anyone who didn't watch it, Anamie van Vleuten won the stage. Who didn't followed- watch it? What you do What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> With Mavi Go Garcia. Over. Go in back second. and watch it. <laughs> and uh, Marta Cavalli took third. Cavalli got dropped on the final climb of the day, kind of just before the finish, and lost almost a minute. But AVV and Mavi Garcia pretty much wrapped up the GC fight between the two of them. I guess the big talking point
1: here is I mean, it's is Mavi Garcia. I mean, she's a fantastic rider, but I didn't expect that kind of performance to be able to match. She matched Meek, and actually coming into the finish, I almost thought she would have had it when she put in that big final attack. Um, But for me, that was a really impressive performance by her. She's done well in stage races, but nothing like this.
0: She's always been there, and she's had some pretty impressive performances, and obviously she won a stage of Burgos, which um, was, I think, a breakthrough moment for her, but she's never been consistently able to hold that form throughout the season. Like I feel like we see her have one really good ride at Strada, and then we don't see her for the rest of the season, and so the the fact that she's she had this performance at Burgos, she's following it up with the Giro. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's really great, and obviously she's she's not old in cycling terms; like she's relatively new to the sport of cycling. Um, so I think for her, that's just a natural progress, regardless of her age. Age, it's just a natural progression of being in the sport for longer and adapting to um longer peak periods if that makes sense yeah i think
3: also one of the reasons that we haven't seen that much of her or like it seems that like she hasn't been that consistent is that in the past and this is abby what you were kind of talking about in your piece yesterday is that we haven't really had that many races with this sort of climb with this sort of parkour that that she really thrives on that. Like, that's why she does so well in the Spanish races in the Basque Country and in, like, Navarra mm-hmm. and that, because she's just a really good climber. And she's very much that and pretty much that. Like, you don't ever see her in, like, the classics in Belgium because that's just not her bag. Um, so, yeah, I think that's another reason why we see her come out in this race.
0: Yeah, she's one of the very, very few, quote unquote, pure climbers. Like they don't really exist in women's cycling, and even she, I would say, is maybe not a pure climber, but she's what as close as what we've got. Well, just
1: I, I like the word. Just she's a stage racer. Yeah, that's the sort yeah. of rider she is. Um, and she just gets better and better through these longer, harder days um and something that was spoken about i guess on the commentary and what we've talked about before is the fact that um last year the year before where she did um yeah yeah she did Ardesh and then backed it up
3: with the gyro right yeah like two days later
1: yeah and had two incredible performances so like anamique i'm guessing you know she's gonna walk away from this gyro with a very solid performance and then perhaps even ride better at the Tour de France. We'll see. But the the big takeaway point for me and has been that, which you wrote about, Abby, um, that was the article you wrote, right, yesterday? Yeah. That's impressive you did that with a, a little baby attached to you probably, um, was that the Giro has just been so exciting. One, we've been able to watch it, but two, the fact that, okay, between the top three and the rest of the, the bunch there is a big time gap but that we actually have a competition on our hands here. And I don't think, you know, anything could happen in the next day as it's not cut and dry that Anna Meek is going to walk away with it like previous years with Anna van der Bregenau herself. Um, the time gaps are still relatively small between her and Mavi with what's coming. And we saw how she got caught out in, what was it, stage, stage six? six? yeah. So anything is possible.
7: Hey, so yeah, we just finished day five, officially halfway in the tour. Um, Yeah, today was another hot day, but a very flat day. It's pretty controlled. Um, Yeah, is Unox's UNOX's aim today was just try and get in the breakaway. We've uh, just want to try and seek opportunities and just see what we can do. And yeah, I was the the lucky rider that got to spend 110k in the breakaway today. yeah, which was fun. Uh, at one point we had over five minutes with 50k to go. So it looked like our chances were going to be pretty strong just for for us five to fight it out for the win. But um, yeah, I guess Trek and Jumbo know that they've got a really good chance of winning the winning the sprint and they want stages while they're here. So apparently they, well, the, the gap came down really quickly. So I'm guessing they chased really fast and um, yeah, we got caught with, 7k to go, unfortunately, but it's you know, still a good day to, to be out there and show the jersey off. And yeah, now we go into Bergamo and some laps tomorrow, which looks like they're going to be pretty difficult.
5: Hi, everyone. This is Leah Thomas with Trek Segafredo here. We just finished, well, we finished the stage and we came away with another stage win. Um, Balsamo had a great sprint. Um, So we're really happy. It's just really great to be here. Luca is here, and so to have him be here for a win is great as well. Um, The stage was pretty calm, a group went up the road um, and got close to five minutes, I would say. we were kind of debating when to start working to, to pull back the break. Um, sometimes there's these little games between the sprinter teams of who's going to work and who's not going to work and how many people are you going to put in and all that kind of stuff because it affects your lead out later on. But um, I think when you have a sprinter who is just as on fire as Balsamo is, you you go all in, you know, you have an opportunity to win and you take it. So... Um, we started working and, um, DSM put in two riders for a lot of it. Yumbo uh, had a rider and Liv had a rider. And so the five of us, um, wor- worked to pull back, pull back the brake. And then, um, there was a little bit of chaos in the final. There was a crash with about a K to go. Um, but Balsamo escaped it. Uh, Elisa Longo Borghini was involved, but she's totally fine. She said she kind of landed on top. Um, so that's fortunate. Um, and uh, Balsamo had a great sprint and we won. So that was really, really exciting and really great. Um, tomorrow's stage kind of has a hilly circuit um, and then a final hilly climb. And then actually the finish line is at the base of a descent. Like it literally just goes downhill to the finish line. So. Um, I think that climb is really going to make, um, some huge decisions, um, about the outcome of tomorrow's stage. Um, so that was the day.
4: Um,
5: and yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. It's really great to have another win for the team
6: and to
5: have played a role.
6: So we are halfway through the Giro Just fin- just finished stage five today. Um, another day in the sun. Um, flat stage, as I said, it was going to be. Uh, not too much wind, so it wasn't too eventful. Uh, a small breakaway I went away early on in the race, just with some small teams, and it was let have quite a big time gap. Um, all the roads were quite wide, so it was it was quite easy in the bunch today. Good chance to. Spin the legs a little bit, um, in li- about the last 40k's Trek and Yumbo, uh, really put on the chase, uh, to bring the brake back, and yeah, came down pretty quickly, super fast on the, on the wide roads, and yeah, it was honestly a little bit of a shit fight today in the bunch, um, with a long straight running to the finish, uh, well, to the final corner. Yeah, it was... Madness, uh, trains everywhere. And yeah, also just randoms. If you can trying to get in the trains, it all becomes a really big fight. Unfortunately, there were a few crashes, I think. And yeah, sadly, I think two of my teammates went down. Uh, Elena and Blanca. Uh, I think Blanca went down pretty hard. Um, so yeah, that's not nice to see. Uh, hopefully she'll be okay uh it looks like so far her injuries are just um just on the skin nothing nothing too serious but yeah so hopefully she'll be back tomorrow but yeah it's a crash shakes you up nevertheless um unfortunately I think yeah with the crash our, our lead up train for lot sort of yeah a bit we're in all over the place and uh and I, I can understand Lotta was probably a bit shaken up seeing her teammates go down. So, yeah, it wasn't the sprint we hoped for. But, yeah, it was it was madness, as they're saying. And uh, those kind of sprints are super unpredictable. And, yeah, um, just glad that I could finish it off safe today, just just in the bunch. And, yeah, still, still on the podium end for the white jersey. So, holding on to that. So, that's also nice. But, yeah. Tomorrow's a new day. Uh, Circuits, we're doing some laps with a nice hill in it. Uh, I think we've gotten some exciting plans from our team. So yeah, hopefully it can be a good day and uh, I'll recover now and be ready for tomorrow. Talk to you then.
0: Yeah, stage five was like a your same old, same old sprint day won by Balsamo with uh, Charlotte Akul was once again super close, and she tried to dive on bomb a corner a little bit, get it, get first into a corner, and just didn't Looking too wide. Yeah, didn't pick she the right line. line. She did. Wine, but wine Balsamo everything. forced her out. So we thought it was a good move from Balsamo. It was. She's yeah. I mean, all those track skills. I feel like she's. When well, you try the, to take uh, Balsamo in a corner, it's like mm, it's not a great. Yeah. And Cole was is-
3: really yeah. frustrated. Like she was banging her bars over the line.
0: She's been so Not close so many piece. times.
3: That yeah, must be so yeah. to get like this chance, which is I think maybe part of it is also kind of the pressure because she probably doesn't get many chances, especially at this level. And like mm-hmm. at the tour, she's just gonna be back riding for Lorena. So Yeah.
0: She's got stage ten still. That's her last chance and Voss is out. And no Voss, yeah, and no Voss, yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, stage five was a sprint, and then stage six, we had a really, really exciting finale. Um, they kept saying on the commentary, Oh, this is this, we should have a women's Lombardia, which I'm pretty sure that they are starting a women's Lombardia. Mm-hmm. Didn't they announce that already? It's I thought so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like fairly certain that I read this somewhere because I think. It-
1: it may, it would mean that the women almost have all the what we call the men's monuments, monuments yeah minus Milan and rima i think that's Which they're
0: starting yeah. next year yeah. yeah wasn't it that one oh it's, <laughs> was it both of them yeah yeah but... there was
1: definitely talk
0: yeah Ooh. yeah so amy you can fact check corner and google it oh, bloody also hell. I... people can't see the screen but amy has like a just incredible. She's got like sweater. three,
1: three screens, <laughs> Squeens, screens, I love that Patagonia sweater. I oh, was eyeing that off so nice. Um, nice. the other day. Yeah.
0: We um, off topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, stage six was a really exciting finale. With there was, it was a circuit race, which anyone who's been listening to this podcast for <laughs> months knows that Lauren and I just love a circuit race. So, it was a circuit race that ended with like one final climb and then, uh, a flat run into the finish and descent flat run into the finish. And, um, right before the climb, there was a crash. Pretty sure it was Elise Chabe and Anami van Vluten got caught behind that, but it just so happened that that was kind of the, the heat of the race. And so Elise Longo Borghini attacked on the final climb and brought Mavi Garcia and well, brought Voss and then Mavi Garcia rode up to them. And then they were caught by Annamie van Vluten and a chasing group of like maybe five that included Lodica Pecky and, uh, knee Fisher black. And the reason it was significant was because van Vluten, who is just like a legend of stage racing, right? She's, she's probably the best women's stage racer that we've ever had. Maybe other than Vanda Bregen, uh, she was in poor position. I don't obviously you can't expect expect like, oh, there will be a crash right here, but she was really far back for to go into that final climb and she got caught on the back foot. And Mabby Garcia, who I think prior to this race, I wouldn't really pin her as someone who's good in the bunch. Um, she was in great position and she was able to chase down that move with Voss and Elisa Longa So it was it was a moment where I like you said Lauren I was like oh this race isn't over like mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. the moment where I was like okay Mabby Garcia like she's got her work cut out for her but it, it is possible that she can still take this race because it was she was in great position she made a great effort to catch up to the two up front and it didn't work out for her in the end but it could have been a disaster for Van Vluten. She could have potentially
1: taken 10 seconds or something there and that would have eaten into that, that time gap that we see and then with all the stages coming up, but obviously it didn't happen. But you could see in that stage all the, the lead-out trains were you know, starting to get organised with about 10 kilometres to go. So as a GC rider, it's so important to have your team getting you up there and in the right position. Um, and we see what happens when you're not organised.
7: Stage six complete, um, it was lapsed today and then we finished We finished in Bergamo, so it was a climb 4k to go which is quite steep with quite the big co- cobble section actually but yeah it was quite aggressive on the climb um, but then it called, calmed down a bit on the 15k's leading back up to the climb so yeah it was a bit of a yo-yo day for, for me but yeah as it went we, we actually had a really good day, we, we had a few points that we wanted to work on and I think that we did that, um, but yeah, now we're going to head up into the mountains for tomorrow's stage. And yeah, I think another GC day for sure on a day where we're we'll trying for opportunities and probably just end up in the rupetto.
5: Hi everyone, um, Leia Thomas here at Trek-Segafredo. Um, we just finished our stage. Um, Lucky for us, we didn't have a hotel transfer today. We get to go back to our same hotel, which is just really nice, um, especially just because it's familiar. It's easier to sleep when you've slept in the same place before. So, um, And it's also a lot less work for the staff, so that was nice. Um, today's stage was a set of five circuits. There was a little over K and a half climb, which had some pretty steep pitches in it, um, a pretty gnarly descent full of crazy speed bumps that just kind of launched you. Um, So that was a little terrifying. And then um, kind of a flatter section and you repeated it. And then there was a a long straightaway section and then the final climb and a descent to the finish. So um, we're just going stage by stage. Um, We have two stage wins and two other podiums. And um, today we... um, just wanted to roll the dice and play the cards, but by no means had to force anything. Um, So the plan was to have Elisa Longo, Borghini attack over the top of the final climb, which she did. And she got a gap um, with Mavi Garcia and um, Mariana Voss. Um, But uh, it came back together and she ended up top 10. So um, I know she's not, totally happy with how the day went, but um, we executed the plan we expected or wanted to do. Um, So that was really nice. Um, One special thing about being up here is this, we started today basically from Balsamo's hometown. So there was a ton of spectators, the um, race organizers, had made a whole cake for her, which they brought out and she got to cut on stage. Um, and then they gifted us. So hopefully we get some at dinner. Um, and it was just really nice to have uh, so much support. Um, same with um, Longo Borghini's family came to the stage today. So um, after the race, there was a ton of people cheering and really excited to, to be here. And just the crowds were, were really, nice so um, it's kind of nice to be in northern Italy and every time I come back up here I'm just reminded how absolutely gorgeous it is so it's a beautiful day not quite as hot hopefully it stays that way um, tomorrow there's a long flat straight away and then the final climb so um, fingers crossed some breaks can go that would be really fun but we'll see how it plays out talk to you guys tomorrow
6: Hey, um, just finished stage six. Um, what a day. I, yeah, nice circuit race. I love these kind of races because it's all on the whole day and it's exciting. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think my hardest challenge today was just, uh, holding back because I've been strictly told to be patient because the next few days are going to be hard. And, um, but yeah, anyway... Uh, we knew that there was going to be lots of opportunity for the team today. Uh, it was five laps of a of a small circuit with a, a nasty wee climb in it and a nasty wee descent off that climb. So yeah, positioning was pretty key today. Even if I was uh, trying to save energy, it was important that I stayed at the front and stayed attentive. Um, and that, yeah, we did just that as a team. I think we worked really well together. I had Christine and Elena just perfectly positioned in me into the every climb and and I was always there on the descent and yeah I was I was uh yeah I think I saved as much energy as possible on that circuit and while also being there um so I was really happy with that and uh yeah and then we had a a nasty wee climb in the final 5k I think actually the men do it in Lombardia uh, has cobbles in it, so it's yeah, super nasty. Um, we knew that, yeah, some someone would really try there, and for sure we saw straight away Trek doing a full lead out for uh, Elisa. So, yeah, again, I uh, was delivered really nicely by my teammates. Lot also there with me, and I I uh, couldn't help myself there, but I uh, really tried to follow Ross and and Elisa and I. She just couldn't follow them over the top, uh, So, uh, but then I was happy to see behind uh, Annemiek pulling full gas, so I jumped on the back of her and and she closed the gap pretty quickly because obviously Mavi was up there, um, so I think 600 meters to go we were back together as a small bunch and I looked behind and I saw of there and I was like okay. Can't let the pace drop now, so uh, I, yeah, I went to the front and did what I could for Lotter and um, yeah, she says to me it was helpful, so I'm, I'm glad I could help her in some way, and she sprinted to a deserved second place, I think, and yeah, well, I think we can be really happy with that. Um, yeah, so yeah, happy with today. Um, I think we all know that tomorrow and the next couple of days are going to be super hard. I hope uh, the effort I made today was uh, not too much on the legs and I still have something there but at the end of the day everyone had to make that effort today so um, yeah we're all in the same boat tomorrow it's gonna hurt either way and uh, yeah it will be exciting Um, again in white and I think I moved maybe up a couple of GC places today I'm not sure Um, but yeah check in tomorrow
2: Yeah, I think it was really um, good having a, a, not tougher in the sense of it was a tough parkour, but tougher in the sense that, as you say, the GC riders really had to be on the ball on that stage because obviously on the sprint stages, more or less most of them can finish in the peloton without too much difficulty. And I think it goes back to a bit what we were talking about with the women's tour, about really needing to be an all-round rider and those kind of days reward the riders who can, get stuck in regardless of the terrain. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's something maybe it would be good to see more of in the future, that these these longer races aren't split just between sprint or climb. Um, and obviously we've got it coming up in the Tour de France fam with the gravel stage. And, yeah, I just think not to make their lives harder, but to see the GC riders really having to show their kind of racing craft and be on the ball on, on what maybe aren't um, huge climbing stages it's really good to see and and it does reward riders for more than just their strength over a big climb it shows that you need to have that all-round ability
1: And I think that's like a real strength of Elisa Longo Borghini and it's a real shame that on that decisive stage of stage three whatever it was that she missed out on so much time there because I think she's the sort of rider who would be making up all these little time differences over these points and like how we saw how Lucinda Bryan won the Tour de Suisse, She's, she was on form, but it was just her simple race craft and the tactics of Trek Segafredo that ended up allowing her to win that stage race at the end of the day.
3: Maybe I just haven't been paying enough attention to the kind of rider that Elisa is, but it seems to me that like this season, she's really stepped up in terms of becoming like a true all round rider. Like even in this race kind of like she did well in the prologue time trial, whatever we're calling that, Mm -hmm.
4: Um,
3: which set her up really well for the rest of the race in terms of GC, like obviously the surprise sprint that she pulled out of the bag in the women's tour. And then she was climbing really well yesterday. Like I never really looked at her as like a GC contender, especially not with the likes of like Van Vluten to deal with. I never saw uh, someone that could kind of roll with them on the climbs in in particular, but we saw that in the women's tour. I mean, obviously it wasn't the same kind of climb, but yeah, yeah, it just seems like she's found another gear this year with that. It's
1: it's interesting because, I mean, if you look at her trajectory as a writer, so I remember when she burst onto the scene in 2012, she meddled... What, which World Championships was it, 13 or 14, one of them? Pomferata. Um, Pomferrada potentially, but she mm-hmm. was, uh, it was her or was it rat No, I think it was 2013 when the race was in Italy and she was quite a young rider back then. And she was identified back then in the high-tech days and when she went to Wiggle as a climber. So whenever the Dura rolled around, there was always this stage around her home area and it was a big target for her always. And she'd run maybe top three, but to get that Giro win, she never quite got the mountaintop finish, but it was something she was always pursuing. And then I think she's just evolved as a rider over time. And if we look at Voss, even once upon a time she was winning the Giro, but we wouldn't see her in today's racing winning the Giro, right? So, I mean, it's a variety of factors. I think we've got more climber climbers, if that makes sense, and... Elisa is really one of those writers, like you said, who can do everything. Um, and she's super, super useful, as we've seen now, in leadouts. Like her being the final woman in a lead-out. I mean, you have to have serious amount of high power in that sort of 30 to one-minute range, and she's seeming to produce that, if, even if we look at her attack um, on stage, was it, where boss won? Yeah. Yeah. So she's got those accelerations now, but maybe she's just, yeah, the rider she was ten years ago. She's developed. She's now approaching what thirty. So,
0: remember yeah. back in two thousand uh, in twenty twenty when she won the queen stage of the Giro, and it was a mountaintop. I think that was her first Giro stage win um, after yeah. chasing them for obviously quite a long time. So I remember that because that was, I mean, it was a mountaintop. It wasn't as significant as stage seven this year, but it was it was super steep, I remember, because um it was the day that uh like we were kind of just watching riders pop off the back of a group versus attacks going from which the front. stage
3: was it? Not me. Like I was literally there and I can't even remember what
0: it was stage eight, eight? that was that was like um it was a super Super st- I was ready to go home at that steep. Steep yeah, climb to the finish in um San Marco La Catola. Is that when she was with Anna? Yeah, that was when her and Anna Vanderbrigan got second and then McKinney. None Harding of those stages were
3: like mountains though, for sure. Because I remember no. we were just like nowhere near any mountains the whole time. But it was
0: it was the like quote unquote queen stage. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was that was a win for her that what's interesting about Aliza this year is she's her her year started not great. Like, I think she would you would have looked at how she performed at the beginning of 2021 and she was so good in the beginning of 2021. I mean. Her win at Trofeo Bindo was one thing. Alfredo Bindo was one thing. But then watching her just basically ride everybody off of her wheel at gent wevelgem was like she was on another level last year. And this year, she went into the season, like I said it in a previous podcast, but she went into the season with different targets and she was really hoping to hold off that peak until the Ardennes. And she was not riding well in the beginning. And I think that for her, it, it was a knock on her confidence because even though it was the plan, I don't think she expected to be feeling as bad as she did in those early races. And especially like in Binda, when she got into that breakaway, of course they were riding for Balsamo, but if she'd felt good and she got into that breakaway, they would have let her go for it. And she was right away in the radio, like I'm not feeling good. Like we're not, I'm not going to take this opportunity. And then her win at Terry I feel like completely turned her season around. Like she wasn't feeling well then either, but she was just, she timed it perfectly. Yeah. She did. It was such an incredible race. It was such an iconic win for her. And I think that that was the moment where her season really turned around mentally, like physically, I feel like she's been building throughout the season, but mentally, I think we saw a switch in her after she won that race where she realized that she she is really good. And I think that we saw that follow through at the women's tour. And now if you see this picture of her from stage seven, that is just like the best picture. She's sitting up against the barrier and she's just got this huge smile on her face. And she's, I think that like for her, she's in this place in her career where she's very, very secure at Trek-Segafredo. They love her. And she's got so many major wins on her CV now. And so she's kind of like built into this role where she feels so secure. And it means that she doesn't feel that pressure that I think she used to feel, if that makes sense. Mm. So. Yeah,
2: I I think... Maybe one thing to point out as well is possibly the absence of Lizzie Dugnan in the Trek team. And not to say that that Elisa is kind of just stepping into her shoes, but in the way that Lizzie would be the rider that we'd look at in that team who's a really good all-rounder, who can win races like Roubaix and races like the Women's Tour and can run top 10 in the Giro. Now that she's not here this season, Elisa is kind of getting the chance to fill all those all-rounder type gaps. And she's having a fairly similar kind of trajectory this season, as we've seen Lizzie have over multiple seasons, but she's doing it all um, in one year. And so I think, yeah, um, not to take away from either either, but yeah, having that kind of spot in the team for a real all rounder who can, who can attack these kind of races, one day races, stage races, all of this. um, Yeah. is maybe given a bit of an opportunity for Elisa to try out, um, just kind of new things in that sense.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, they 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 were missing a huge chunk of the team, a winner basically, and Elisa's failed that role for them. Both Elisa's, uh, the double. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, stage seven was the the queen stage won by Juliette LeBu from a fourteen rider breakaway, and then behind we had this this group of 13, 12 riders that um, were the climbers slash GC riders. And it really took a while into that climb for that group to break apart, which is what um, Lauren and Amy both referenced. I wrote a piece yesterday that mountaintop finishes aren't what they used to be. And it's great for women's cycling. And we saw this at the women's tour on a much smaller scale because it was a smaller climb, but even a year ago, Annemiek Van Vluten would have ridden away from that group with 4K to go and, like, got multiple minutes on all of her rivals. And we did not see that yesterday um, as of recording. Today is Friday. Well, this will be out today. But, yeah, we didn't see it on stage seven. She still got second. She still gained some time, but it wasn't the classic Annemiek Van Vluten a mountaintop finished day that we've seen in the past. Like I think I'm thinking of tour of Norway last year, where she just kind of rode away with like three K to go. And Ashland and Passio was like basically standing still as she attacked Mm. and, um, and got tons of time. And it was, the race was over yesterday. We just didn't see something like that. And I think that it does go back to this. We have more stage races on the calendar. And so more riders are becoming better. Those, that type of event and going forward, obviously we've only got Van Vluten and the Peloton for one more year, but going forward, we're gonna see even more riders specializing in stage racing. So I think it's, I think it's awesome because obviously before this year, there's only been really the Giro for stage racers and they there's now the tour de France femme we've got next year the Madrid challenge is expanding we've got the battle of the north well they uh, the tour of Scandinavia and so there's all of these stage races on the calendar and there's more opportunities for riders like Mavi Garcia like well I guess you can't really put Marta Cavalli in there but you know stage racer types to target races like this and it's it's good. Mm, like mm. you also mentioned as well in that piece at this race
3: we don't even have like the full collection of these riders like there's a few missing who are sitting this race out to target the tour so there's even more kind of what's the word like there are even more options like thinking kind of Demi Volleran, yeah, like there's more. there are more challenges for Van Grouten mm. even.
1: And I think walking into this year we would have said, well, we have said it before, we thought Annamie was just going to like wipe the floor or that's probably the wrong exp- expression, but just right away from everyone and that's not the case and I'm feeling like now with how they've designed as well the the Tour de France Femmes of Zwift, that's not what we're going to see. Um, and like you said, Amy, there are riders that aren't here now that we have no idea how they're going to show up um, in, what, three weeks' time? Um, And I think we need to give a shout-out to Juliet Laboue because we haven't said yet that, um, you know, that was a really great ride from her putting herself in that early break and then knowing that that was her best opportunity at this point in time based on her form and how she's going to potentially take a stage win, um, a really good ride by Georgia Williams as well, I thought, and just overall great to see. Me F- Fisher Black, shout out for Amy up there,
0: currently me. Sitting. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa! Why is it me?
3: I thought
1: you
2: me,
0: were the thing. You shango. bring her up as much as I bring her. Yeah,
1: free Neve.
3: <laughs> free Neve. Oh yeah,
1: that's
3: know yeah, But we take this of Abby, me. not me, just because I'm Kiwi adjacent nowadays.
1: True. True. <laughs> Um, and she's sitting fifth on GC at the moment. So she's the top SD Works writer sitting in the, the white jersey. And also shout-out for Amanda Spratt. Great to see her back up there in the mix because we saw um, those three writers right away on the stage and then sort of there was a bit of a lull and those writers kept coming back. Elisa Borghini, Fisher Black, Spratty, um, and who else was there
3: in that little group? Really, Clara. I see. On the subject of Amanda Spratt and then, I guess, Bike Exchange, Kristen Faulkner, again with the kind of, like, questionable moves going on, I can't remember what stage it was, but she just kind of, like...
0: Oh, that was stage six. She just, like, basically mm. let out Voss. What mm. was she
3: doing? She, I don't know. For it me, was weird. it, it was- looks as though she's always racing for herself. Mm. Is
1: it because she's just not like aware of what she's doing because of inexperience? I don't know her personally. In
3: general. Yeah. Just, she's just not aware of what she's doing. I mean, yeah, look, I'm loath to like completely slow her off because she is like quite new. Like obviously the you know tactics and all that. We quite...
0: last year we gave Anna Meikle such a hard time the entire the entire year on the podcast, and this year we've changed to, to Faulkner. We're now just giving Faulkner a really hard time. But it's, in in many
3: ways, it's justified. Like hmm. when you watch her race, it is frustrating to see. Like she can't seem to grasp. Like it's like she doesn't know what she needs to be doing. Or if she doesn't, mm. and she's just kind of like, oh, I'll just attack at this random moment. I
0: think that's what she was trying to do. I think she was trying to attack in the final kilometer, but she didn't have the speed to actually make it work, especially up against someone mm. like Voss and Kopecky. Like she wasn't going to get the jump on those two, but she attacked too late into the race and it basically just turned into a lead out, which was just kind of weird. Like it, it didn't hurt anybody. It didn't affect any of her teammates in a negative way like we saw in the women's tour but it was it was a pointless waste of energy
1: look she just from just a viewer's perspective she doesn't quite have the feel or the instinct yeah um and she's getting by on just pure Pure raw talent yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah. I mean, those things can, there's only so many times your director or your team captain or your team can try and help you understand these things. But at the end of the day, you have to be making these really quick decisions when you're on the bike. Um, and that's all instinct and is awareness. There somebody, and yes,
0: is there someone on bike exchange, like a rider who would be like, look, you screwed up you can't do this anymore or like Um, the director there because i feel like she keeps making mistakes but i don't know if anybody's calling her out on it because she's not so i had a conversation actually the other day with i don't know if this happens where like and and especially
3: if you're like brand new like she is still or do people so sam was basically like questioning the tactics of some of the women and i and he was sort of saying like does nobody go away and like study races and like study the tactics and sit there and kind of like look at things that they've done or that they could have done better? Yeah. Are the the directors not sort of saying to them, look, you need to go away and take a look at what you did wrong and what you should do next time. And like, as it, cause I was sort of saying to him like, well, I mean, you know, like people are new and like the tactics aren't like, they're not used to like the same tactics. And he was like, "Well, that's not really an excuse. Like it is their job. They should probably go and like study and
1: it. The thing you is know? that's a valid point. We can now watch it. Right. So I'm thinking of a mountain bike example. And maybe Sam's also thinking about this is that I'm sure mountain bikers go back and watch the races and try to see, I mean, it's hard if the camera not
3: on you, but to see the errors that you make, um, he just looks at himself and goes, I look gangster in that speed suit, don't I? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the riders
0: would say the same thing. So do you guys remember Katie Hall? Because, I mean, she was yeah. racing like two years ago. Yeah, so I loved like, that her. Long. Yeah, she's incredible. But she started racing really late in, in life. Like she signed her first pro contract with SC Works. I'm pretty sure she was 34, 35. Um, Mm -hmm. and she was the same, like really, really strong, but no race tactic at all. And she took the time to sit down and study any race footage she could find on YouTube and study how to race a bike. And Mm -hmm. it was the reason that she progressed so quickly and got so good so fast because she really, really dedicated herself to learning bike racing and i think she wasn't as strong as faulkner so she couldn't have gotten away with signing a contract with bike exchange one year after turning after like joining the european peloton but she's still like i i feel like she's such an incredible role model for people joining the sport um older because she did try so hard to learn the tactics rather than just get by on her skill alone and it showed because if you can kind of hang with that team and a to that team and
3: like you know and then especially at the time they were like the dominant team Mm, yeah and she she showed that like yes she came to the sport late but she really like you could see that she'd like paid attention Mm. to what
1: that team's also pretty good at lifting riders because i remember (laughs) when um Carol Carol Ann Canuel was on Velocia Shram and then she got signed <laughs> and one of her weaknesses was always riding in the bunch and then she went to SD Works or bowls back then and um, she really worked on it then and she was mixing it up. I'll never forget a proud moment was the Bowls Ladies Tour where, you know, typically it's a lot of wind and everything and she was right up there mixing it up, helping her teammates, um ride a really difficult technical race so yeah it's necessary if you if you want to improve um and go back watch watch the race and try and identify where you went wrong or ask your ask yourself why did i attack on a downhill section on a flat road i've
0: uh, i think danny said this on the live coverage but um faulkner's giving evelyn stevens like Evelyn Stevens was one of those riders who, she was so strong and yeah. and she just, she couldn't, if, if you were riding in the bunch and you were next to Evelyn Stevens, your race was over. You were about to get dropped, but she was just always able to just keep.
1: No, what used to happen, Abby, is the race would go and Evie would ride
0: away and you would
1: get dropped. Yeah.
0: She was so bad at at any so tactics, <laughs> any kind of riding in the bunch, like anything bike racing related. She was just awful, but she was so, so strong. And but, look, uh, the when she won
1: Flesh in 2012, that was tactically one of the best races that she yeah, ever raced. Yeah, she got raced. better
0: and better like her entire career. She just progressed every single year. But I think the major difference between her and Faulkner is that she... Was able to like learn from her teammates and put her own ambition aside to do what Vanda Bragan and like Lizzie Dignan like she was on Bulls Dolmens with all of those incredible riders and she was on HCC High Road. Like she was she rode on teams with just mega stars <laughs> and she learned from them. And I think the problem with Faulkner is not it's not her um, fault that she's on a team that doesn't have megastars that can teach her how to tactic like she's got Spratty, who is an incredible incredible person i don't know her very well but i i also I don't know how forceful she is with being like, "Look, you did this wrong. You can do this better." Like she needs some Dutchies and some yeah, Belgians exactly. to just she be needs, like Ira Slappendel to shit. be like, "You really fucked this up." Which Iris <laughs> she, said had to a- me she had it many Ellen times in my
1: career. She would learn pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like she's it, she's a product of her situation, which is not necessarily her fault.
3: But also uh, exactly. back in the day, like nowadays, I feel like the really strong rider who doesn't have the tactical now doesn't fly in the same way that it would a few years ago, even. Because mm-hmm. the depth is so much more nowadays that you do have to still be able to understand the tactics and when is the right time to do your like nuclear attack that you've got in your legs, but don't really know in your head when the best time to do it might be. It's like Mm -hmm. you could probably like ride people off your wheel that way back in the day, but now it's just not as viable.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think there's, there's something else major from stage seven that we need to discuss. And that Mm -hmm. is the, the situation at FDJ Nivella Aquitaine Futuriscope. We've, we've speculated about how they're going to manage having multiple leaders going into the Giro and going into the tour. And there's been rumblings uh, going around that Sile is riding for Marta at the Giro and then their roles will reverse at the tour. And I think we actually really saw that happen on stage seven. Sile was on the front, Pulling on the climb for Marta for a lot of the base <coughs> of the climb, and um, and Marta's really taken up that role of being their GC rider at the race. Obviously, she had an incredible ride on stage four, so she's their best placed rider in the general classification. But we did see Cile riding for Marta, and that does answer our question about how the team is going to take on these two stage races with these two riders. I mean, we'll see what happens when we actually get to the tour and how both of them are riding and if anything changes. But for for the question of the Giro, like now, now we know.
3: I have a question on that though. That's, do we think we would have seen that if Cecile wasn't like five minutes down? Say for example, there was only 10 seconds. They were both in the top 10 on GC because they're both perfectly capable of doing that. It's mm-hmm. just that Marta got away in mm. that break that day. But say it had happened differently and they had waited until, you know, yesterday maybe to like really hit out for GC and they were both climbing as well as each other and see that. I think it would have been a
1: head-to-head then, to be honest, if it was close. Um, and I don't know how the DS would have approached it and said, hey, look, we're going to go into this and whoever outperforms the other, well... We will let the mountain. I, I do design. I do
0: this, this that we didn't get to see that climb on stage four. Like I know. The live it came coverage on has, like
1: just after.
0: Yeah, the live coverage has been for the Giro, it's been amazing. Um, yeah. But stage four, like I don't I don't know if they could have anticipated that it was going – that climb was going to be such a major turning point in the race. But, oh, my – I just wish we knew, like, what happened on that climb. I wish we knew, like, how hard the climb actually was because – I mean, it must have been hard
1: because you would never let those three riders just ride away, right? No. You would never give them such a gap. You'd be full full gas trying to hold whatever gap you could, and they just – basically rode away and then i'm guessing the group just didn't get organized enough it was fragmented when they eventually got to back together and we the live coverage came on the gap was a- already huge
3: and yeah like if you look track for example had broke not... a nail look at that no, man! fuck amy's awesome.
1: nails are looking gorgeous
3: Thanks, i got them done yesterday I really saw good. <laughs> You don't want to see my Everyone hands. takes the piss on how I, like, like, every time I come back to the UK, I, like, go and get my see nails your done. hair and nails done? When you find a nail technician that you like, you've got to stay loyal. Yeah, anyway.
0: It's true. Back to bike racing. <laughs> uh, to get an acrylic tip
3: on this one, though, because it broke.
0: Mm. Oh. Anyway. Anyhow, bike racing. Yes, back
3: to bike racing. But, yeah, if you're Trek or, you know, DSM even with Laboo, like, you wouldn't just sit there and watch that go. So, for, yeah, for sure, it must have been, like, much harder than than the profile let yeah, on.
0: Well, the fact mm-hmm. that the three of them got away, like, mm-hmm. the, it had to be a way harder climb than anyone anticipated, because, or just Van Vluten was on another level that day and just went as hard as she possibly could on the climb, and Mavi, which I'm assuming this is what happened, and then Mavi and Marta were the only two that could hold, because the the way that the profile looked, I mean, you would assume that Elise Borghini and Seelay and Niamh Fisher-Black would at least be able to keep them in sight on the climb. So I wish we'd seen that. I, I really wish we knew like what happened, especially because... Um, that for them to get used... five
3: minutes as well. It's huge. Yeah. Really huge.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. The chase behind was pretty... Group. It was a, it was a solid group, but it just seemed like no one was really, like, taking it up. Like, Canyon mm. gave it a crack.
0: There but... was no, like, multi-team. There was no, like, yeah, teams mm. to <clears throat> organize. And what we've seen time and time again in women's racing is when Anamik goes off the front and there's a group behind of a bunch of different teams, like, one and two from different teams, they don't, they, they're they not great at organizing. Mm. Like, yeah.
1: I'm so excited. I know we we can't get ahead of ourselves, but I'm really just so excited for what happens in three weeks.
0: I just, I'm so excited for the course. I'm so excited that we're probably going to see the jersey change hands every day because the way that they've made the race progress each stage, it gets harder Mm -hmm. and harder as far as the profile. So I'm so excited that there's so many different riders that can – Pick a stage and target a stage, and and I'm so excited that we, yeah. What we're gonna see is basically every single day a battle for the general classification. It's just gonna be such a great race, and I feel like when we get there, we can talk about the the gravel stage because I think that the
4: what stage the con- is that one?
0: It's stage three, <gasps> four, five. I don't know. I haven't written the preview yet. I'm okay. I've started multiple times, but the baby. Baby says no. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like um, the the gravel stage is going to be really interesting because of like the debate that's going on right now in the men's men's cycling world about the cobbles. I think it's really interesting that we've got this gravel stage coming up in the women's race and the debate that's going to happen about does this belong in a stage race. But I agree with what Tilda said that I think it does belong because it makes the general Mm -hmm. classification more exciting. Like would they be having that debate about the, cobbles in the Tour de France if pogachar hadn't just like ridden off the front like if he'd struggled people probably would have been like oh yeah this is going to be great for the general classification because it evens it out like
4: mm-hmm.
0: s- for the women's I think I feel like it'll be the same because it'll be like you know Annemiek Van Vluten classically doesn't have the strongest team work in the peloton usually st works and trek have better teamwork her team is going to have to be on it on the gravel stage to make sure that she doesn't lose any time so i feel like for mm-hmm. that it's gonna it's gonna equalize the general classification a little bit and it, it gives riders an, uh, an opportunity to get time before planche de belfie which is when on mm-hmm. could just take the ride away from everybody and yeah
3: well wow. We're going to be know. coming out with that same cliche everyone was coming out with on the men's race, like, you can't win the tour today, but you can definitely you can lose, lose it.
0: it. Oh, dear. It is
3: true, though. <laughs> it will be really true.
0: Yeah. No, I'm I'm so excited. And I feel like I'm not excited because it's the Tour de France. I'm excited because of the race that they've mm. put forth. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but we've still got this big stage big race big. to
1: finish. Before we? yeah, <laughs> We've we been like talking about this now the whole year. <laughs> Somehow weebles its way into like every podcast.
0: I mean, it's a big deal. It's a so, huge deal. Yeah. Ed and Tilda and Amy are going to be on the ground. It's mm-hmm. very exciting for them. Anyway, yeah, we've got three stages left in the Giro. Stage eight is a shorter stage with some two major climbs and then a descent to the line um stage nine, Hilly with three climbs, and then stage ten is is basically dead flat. Uh real short mm. day, ninety K the final day. And and that's it. That's a that's a Girodona wrapped. So three more days. We'll have more to talk about on Monday, probably, hopefully. Yeah. Do we have did um, we miss anything?
1: I feel like maybe stage eight is going to be decisive with this descent. I don't know. Could this be Possible. the mix? The the point that I don't know. I don't want to predict
0: anything like I did for stage four, and then just be like horribly wrong, and the mm-hmm. podcast come mm-hmm. out after the stage has ended, and we just look like an idiot. I <laughs> think is this is this
2: the stage as well where the descent is? Um, is the same descent twice. So uh, yeah, that is maybe. A good thing for the riders who aren't very out. strong at descending. Exactly, yeah. I was writing the preview and I was thinking about Paulina Rycha the whole time. She's not even here, but I was just thinking this would be good for her. She'll get to see it. So I think that that could be a good thing in terms of the riders who are less confident will have a go at it first. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to say too much. As you say, people will listen to this and it will be they'll know what happened. So we're
0: well, making no predictions. No. <laughs> Man, Canyon Sham has had, like, they've basically been non existent in this race. I didn't even think about that. Like, they don't have, obviously, Casho yeah. or Polina, but at least Shabby's still been a really good rider for a couple years now. So I'm surprised. She's in just the QM Jersey, to be fair. How which is, is
3: kind they- of like what you can do at this point if everyone else is, like, if you're five minutes down on GC and yeah, all that jazz. And she's not, she's not like a climber, climber either. Like I wouldn't mm. have no had her opportunistic
1: down well. rider. She's
3: no, a she bad is. bitch, isn't she? she but is. also, I was expecting more from. Throw a paladin at this race. Yeah, she is. Yeah, could have been an opportunity. I thought she would. Yeah, I thought like in the absence of, I think I wrote this in like the preview too. Like in the absence of Cassio and Paulina, like she's kind of like the next yeah leader coming through, but she hasn't really done a whole lot, especially being Italian at the Giro. This is one thing I was thinking with um, Kristen Faulkner.
2: Uh, if she was still on EF Education, TIBCO, SVB, they would be having a totally different race. And mm. all these stupid attacks, we wouldn't be sitting here for saying oh, that was a terrible idea. You'd sit there thinking, oh, she's really putting EF Education in, in the, the race. race. <laughs> and sometimes I do wonder I know that they're a bigger team, but what was the motivation to move to Bike Exchange when you knew you wouldn't be the leader? but you still want to ride like the leader. Money? This is what confuses me.
0: I don't know if it was money though, because EF, I, I feel like she signed that contract before EF signed on to TIBCO and before mm. the the TIBCO knew that they were going to be world tour with a ton more support, mm. because I feel like she would probably be making more on EF at this point. Like she would be the out and out leader on the team. So mm. it, it was a curious, I, when I saw that move, And we knew that EF was going to be in the women's peloton joining TIBCO and providing way more money for them to kind of up their game. I was pretty surprised that she made that move.
1: Maybe it was to do with the environment and she thought, yeah, moving to such – well, TIBCO has been around a long time, but, I mean, Bike Exchange has been of this – level since it started in 2012 and has mm-hmm. had some fantastic champions come through there
0: um but they've been a bit rudderless since anamique left it's true yes they yeah. haven't really yeah i think that's just uh that comes down to spratty having the iliac artery endofibrosis because yeah. she really would have picked up that that space where anamique left i but... think also sorry interrupted no. you there
3: yeah you're good with faulkner she probably got sold the you'll be a leader line hmm. with moving across. But then she would have been on the on end. Well, because
1: they were unsure how Spratty would come back. As we know, with this sort of surgery, it, it can go either way. So yeah. um, the past two seasons haven't been the best for Spratty and they they needed someone to step up and fill that, that sort of role until she comes good. And she's shown here that she is definitely on her way back um, mm-hmm. to what she was before.
0: Yeah, it's a bummer we don't have like a massive climb. At, well, I don't know the Madrid Challenge course, but i if there's a massive climb in that, like she's she's just getting better and better throughout the season. So when there's a race later in the year, like Tour Scandinavia or something, like she's she's just at see some point we're going to see Spratty back like to her. Maybe for the home world. Yeah, possible. It's not very climby, is it? It's pretty climby. It I mean, will it's be gonna hard. Yeah, it's going to be hard. It will be a hard race. Well, we will be back on Monday to talk about the final three stages of the Giro. Thank you so much for listening to the Freewheeling Podcast. I'm about to have a screaming baby, so I'm going to cut us off. Uh, <laughs> but it's been great. Thank you. She's talking about me. Hi.
4: <laughs>
7: so, we've just arrived um, to our new hotel that we're lucky enough to have for two nights, which is good because We've done a lot of transfers lately and just a lot of hotels, but yeah, it doesn't quite match yesterday's hotel. That was quite a treat for us. But um yeah, it's nice to be up in the mountains now. Um yeah, today I mean um finished up a pretty hard climb. I mean for the last probably 35k we were we were climbing. So yeah, by the time I actually got to the real climb, um we were all a bit bit tired by then, but no, it was a good day. We had Amalia in the break, and there's a break that went on one of the laps about 10k into the race. Um, and Amalia, we re- were really happy that she she managed to get in that, and she had a little time off the front as well. Um, she attacked the group and then got caught maybe with about 8k to go. Um, yeah, and then Liana just whipped it up, I guess, and, and made it to the line. So, yeah, day for the breakaway, which is pretty cool. It doesn't happen very often for us, so yeah, it's nice to see. And then um, yeah, I was just gonna have our treatment now, um, have a big feed, and then get ready for tomorrow's mountain day. Um, two big climbs coming up tomorrow, so we're going to have to eat a lot and make sure we're ready for, ready for it.
6: We're at day seven already of the Dior Um Just finished our first mountain stage. So, uh, yeah, it was a tough day today pretty much climbing from 40k's into the race till the end. So, yeah, crazy, with sort of the the main part of the climb being the last 10, 15k-ish. Started out pretty tranquilo. Um, A big break went away. We had Elena in there, so it was just perfect for us. Um, The break got a lot of time, I think at one point even nine minutes even at the bottom of the steep climb, steep part of the climb, they had over five minutes, so yeah, it was a good break to be in today. And uh, back in the peloton, it was full lead outs all the way up the, up the valley. Um, I had Blanca and Lotta to position me perfectly, um, and spoil me, with making sure I had water, everything. Yeah, they were... I felt, like Prince says today, it was very nice, and so yeah, I um, had a job to do <laughs> once uh, it got to that final part of the climb, uh, the steep part, around 10 k's to go, and yeah, it split up pretty quickly from there, down to a small group, and then coming down to even smaller group at like 5 k's, and then yeah, it sort of was fireworks, uh, the GC girls were attacking each other, I sort of Tried to keep my own pace. I knew sort of, yeah, I had to pace this climb carefully today because I'm still pretty much learning my limits on these long climbs. Yeah, I mean every day's a learning day, huh? so um, yeah. But in the end, I was clawing back to them, these top girls Cavalli and and and, and so um, and all the other GC riders that were around me had dropped except for Longer. So, yeah, I was pretty keen to keep the pressure on there and, and make sure that I could secure a, a good place on G, on top five today, on GC. Um, and then in the final, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I still even had enough in the legs to have a good crack. Um, which is super cool. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy to, to even think that I'm saying now that I was, uh, racing at the top of the mountain with the likes of enemy uh, and Cavalli and so on. Ah, that's a super cool feeling, huh? Um, yeah, in the end, uh, I sort of opened it up because the other three girls were just sort of looking at each other. And obviously, as I say, I was sort of more worried about the GC time gaps. Um, and actually I didn't know that we were racing for the podium because I didn't know how much of the break we caught. I knew that Juliet was still away though. But yeah, uh, super cool. We even had a bit of rain, which is cool. <laughs> Very nice. It was a good day. Good day. And I'm really happy. And I'm really excited to try to win this top five on GC. C. have got another hard couple of days to do that. And yeah. I'll keep you updated with how that goes because I'm hoping it will be good and I'm hoping for some good recovery because, yeah, it's going to be super hard.
5: <laughs> Hi everyone, um, this is Leia Thomas with Trek Segafredo. Um, we had a hill climb stage today. It was flat leading up into the stage. Um, a break went up the road. And um we kind of let it go just trying to save our legs for the coming stages which are pretty hard. Um we protected um Longo um and she did an awesome climb, um, really focusing on going her own pace and pacing herself. And I'm really proud of her effort and um her um grit today and her digging deep so that was pretty nice we had a super long transfer it was over two and a half hours we went down like this crazy mountain um but this part of italy is absolutely breathtaking um i'll try to give you guys more of an update tomorrow but things are pretty hectic Um, i have to rent massage